Title 42 is set to expire this Thursday, and for those of you who aren't familiar, this is basically the Trump-era policy that allowed Border Patrol to process and then send illegal immigrants back over the border. Now, this policy hasn't even expired yet, and since the beginning of this month, upwards of 100,000 illegal immigrants have already crossed into our country, with speculation of up to 40,000 more waiting to cross in just Juarez alone. Now, the imagery that we've already seen has been shocking, but it's nothing compared to what we will continue to see as the Biden administration completely neglects our borders. Oh, and by the way, a horrific mass shooting was committed in Texas this past weekend, and now government-funded media outlets tied to U.S. intelligence agencies are trying to blame the shooting on, you guessed it, right-wing conservative media. Yes, the same people who have continued to warn you of the destruction of our country, the dangers of open borders, the importance of your Second Amendment rights, and who is really to blame for the continued implosion of the United States of America. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for being patient with me as I have been traveling and I haven't been able to give you guys these episodes as frequently as I would like. But thank you for sticking with me regardless. Now, before we jump into the multitude of news stories, the importance of everything that I just pointed out for you, please remember that this show is funded and supported by you. Some of the easiest ways to support the show is by checking out my subscribe star. The link is down below. This is a very easy way to support me, to support the show. Make sure that we have good equipment when I go out on the ground, when I'm here in studio for you guys, or one of the easier ways as well is just leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. I appreciate every single one of you, whether you are leaving me comments of appreciation or critiques on how I can make the show better. I read every single one of your comments, of your reviews. So thank you so much to every single person who has left the review, who has stuck with me. And again, I really do appreciate you guys for your patience. Now, we are going to be jumping into the topic of our completely open border. Title 42, like I said, set to expire this Thursday, but the border's already wide open. The border has been wide open since the Biden administration has taken office. Let's not forget that for the fiscal year of 2022, we topped over 2 million illegal immigrants that crossed into the United States. So to be quite honest with you, yes, the imagery that we're seeing at the border is shocking right now, but we should have all expected it. And this has been a long time coming. A lot of people critiquing the Biden administration and saying, oh, well, they should have prepared for this. What were they going to prepare for? As soon as Biden got into, the, into office, it was permission for the cartels to run our borders. And they have been profiting off of and making millions, maybe even billions of dollars off of human smuggling, off of drug trafficking, off of all of the atrocities that are allowed to happen at our open borders. So what we will see this week will be shocking from Arizona to Texas, any port of entry in the United States, it's going to be completely overwhelmed, but it should be surprising to nobody. Now, before we get into the border and the shocking statistics of how many people are trying to cross into our country illegally, I do want to touch on the shooting that happened in Allen, Texas this past weekend. Because right now, like I said, government-funded quote-unquote news agencies which have ties to U.S. intelligence agencies. We all know how well they do at keeping the American public safe and actually investigating criminals. They are trying to push this narrative right now that right-wing conservative 
talk show hosts or personalities are responsible for what happened just this past Sunday. Now, to give you guys an idea, mass shooting at Texas Mall, this comes from the post-millennial, eight victims dead, including children, suspect killed by police. Nine people were killed and seven were injured in a shooting at Allen Premium Outlets in Texas on Saturday afternoon. The ages and identities of the victims have not been released, and this was yesterday when this article came out. Now, we've since gotten a name for that shooter. His name is Mauricio Garcia, and... He had a tactical vest, was armed with a rifle and a handgun, a senior law official uh, said, and authorities said he was suspected to be a neo-Nazi sympathizer. So this has been a very interesting story, okay? So, of course, the media immediately was trying to run with the fact that this was a white supremacist that committed a mass shooting, and then it came out that this guy was Hispanic, and now we are seeing all of these stories and all of these photos coming out about how this guy had Nazi tattoos, Nazi symbolism, how he allegedly had this social media site on this obscure Russian uh, social media website where he was posting all of his ramblings about Nazism. It's a very bizarre story, okay? So I'm going to just go over with you guys, what we know so far about this from the dailymail.com revealed neo-Nazi Texas mall gunman Mauricio Garcia, 33, security guard with shooter training who was removed from the army in 2008 over mental health concerns. Okay, that was a crazy title. Sorry if I read that weird. Um, so he was a security guard with shooter training. Again, important part was that last portion there. Removed from the army in 2008 over mental health concerns. So... What I want to highlight with this story here is, as per usual with these mass shootings, I guarantee you this guy was on SSRIs, was on some type of mind-altering drug that led him to have crazy thoughts. You know, if our government actually cared about us, if our intelligence agencies actually cared about stopping these shootings... Because keep in mind, I've reported on this multiple times that often the FBI will have these people already on like some type of watch list or they will get tipped off as to how these people are a danger to society, how they're on SSRIs, how they have these very violent tendencies. And then the FBI kind of just looks the other way and then they commit a mass shooting and then the government comes forth and says, wow, we have to take away everybody's Second Amendment right now. We have to take away people's guns because another Second Amendment loving person went and committed a mass shooting when in reality, it is the same SSRIs, it is the same drugs that our own government pushes that leads people to be psych like just psychotic, okay, and have these types of um, violent outbursts. So that is very much a real thing. Every single time there are mass shootings, the topic of mental health, the SSRIs and the various drugs that these people on are on is a very important issue to bring up. Uh, the other fact as well that if we had more armed security, this type of stuff wouldn't happen, whether that's, again, armed security at schools, whether that's private citizens who are carrying and who are ready to use their Second Amendment right to protect their fellow citizens, to protect their, their local city, their neighborhood. That's the importance of the Second Amendment because keep in mind that it was a police officer, a good guy with a gun that took down this bad guy with a gun. So very interesting there. There's mental health concerns that are a part of this story. 
And then we started to see all of this imagery come out, okay? That the shooter was a Timcast fan. That the shooter had posted all of this uh, Nazi symbolism, all of these pictures of Nazism, that he had these uh, Nazi tattoos all over his body. And Andy noted a great thread on this. He says, the brown face of white supremacy. A leftist Bellingcat writer has posted screenshots from the purported obscure Adnaklasniki social media profile of the Allen, Texas mass shooter Mauricio Garcia. Sorry, this is what the social media site is called. I absolutely butchered it. Adnaklasniki. It's Russian. My apologies. So this Bellingcat writer is trying to link the shooter to Timcast and libs of TikTok. The account has photos of random Latino people wearing or posing in front of neo-Nazi symbols. Bellingcat is a government-funded site that has sourcing from intelligence agencies, and it employs radical leftist writers. So this is the guy who wrote this entire thread out. His name is Eric Toller. And Andy No points out um, one of his portions of the thread here where it says, I haven't checked if this is actually him in the pictures. I assume he just posted them because he's a big swastika SS fan as he has them all over the rest of his profile. Andy points out, leftist writer Eric Toller has deleted the following post. He likely did find a social media account belonging to the Allen, Texas gunman that featured brown Latino neo-Nazi propaganda, but he mixes the information with his biased commentary and unverified information to try to malign conservative content creators. So this was the first push, right, from the left wing to try to tie this shooter to conservatives, to the right wing, to Tim Cast, to libs of TikTok. As you guys can see, I'm pictured in this as well, unfortunately. And then you have Ian Miles Chong, who continues the investigation because more people are starting to point out the, dis the discrepancies in this guy's social media account. It seems like it was very new. It was created at the beginning of the year. A lot of people pointing out that the tattoos on his body also looked very new, looked like they were still swelling with the tattoo. So there's just so many different weird discrepancies that people are starting to point out and dig up. From Ian Miles Chong, bombshell, the pictures on the alleged Allen, Texas shooters, ok.ru social media profile of Mexican neo-Nazis were pulled from Reddit's are behold the master race and elsewhere on the internet. There are years, they are years old. First picture was found on his profile. The rest are from the net. So Many people, again, just pointing out, like Ian Miles Chong continues, can someone explain why the relatively fresh profile attributed to the shooter was uploading random pictures of Hispanic neo-Nazi glorifiers from Reddit that are over five years old, that they all have zero interactions? And again, I guess this Russian site that he was using banned the glorification of Nazism. So... A lot of people pointing this out. Uh, Chong again goes on the alleged shooter's alleged profile claims that he was inspired by libs of TikTok. Between this and the Tim Pool reference, this thing is super suspicious, Chong says. Where's his Twitter account? Why was he using a Russian social media site to write essentially a diary to zero followers? And then again, here's his alleged post from this Russian social media site where he says, this post was inspired by libs of TikTok. Now, many people... Pointing out, again, the weird discrepancies, how new this social media site looked, how suspicious his tattoos looked. The whole situation is just weird. And we, we still don't have, from official sources, 
his reason for going and committing the shooting. But of course, the left wing jumping in and saying that he is a neo-Nazi and he went on this racist mass shooting. And that's exactly what this is. And then that same left wing, which has ties to our government, is now trying to blame conservative right wing people. So we already have the entire narrative crafted for this uh, alleged neo-Nazi shooter, right? However, we still don't have the reason as to why uh, Audrey Hale, the transgender shooter that murdered innocent Christian children in Nashville, we, we still don't have the manifesto for her. That is still being hidden. From May 5th, the New York Post, Nashville officials say they will release shooter Audrey Hale's manifesto, then quickly back down. The release of Covenant School shooter Audrey Hale's manifesto has been delayed yet again as Metro Nashville police officials claim their attorneys told them to hold off amid a pair of lawsuits. Who's bringing forth these lawsuits? Why are they trying to stop this manifesto from coming forth? Why is it that we have a clear-cut neo-Nazi just ignore all the discrepancies here. And then we have the left-wing media immediately picking this story up and trying to blame right-wing conservatives that are all grouped in with this, right? Why is it that we are able to get all of this information in 24 hours, but when it comes to the reasoning behind why the transgender shoot shooter went and targeted a Christian school, we can't get the manifesto. We have no idea what the reasoning behind this person's, uh, you know, mass shooting decision was we we just don't know it's just all very interesting to me that this has still not been released it's an interesting turn of events lawyer john harris told the post if there was some plan to release some information why isn't that information being released he said his client's public record request seeking access to the documents were denied citing the ongoing investigation the rejection came at a time when lee cited the covenant shooting in pushing for a new gun control package which would include background checks on mental health so just an update on that manifesto that we uh, aren't going to be getting anytime soon again when it's a leftist psychopathic transgender mass shooter we don't know the reasoning. We don't know, uh, you know, where the manifesto is, why we can't get a hold of it. It's just, it, it keeps being delayed. But when there's a mass shooting here in Texas, right, it's all of a sudden like this neo-Nazi. Here is all of the facts from this, again, leftist propaganda machine. Don't question it. By the way, it is conservative hosts that... Um, incited this man to violence allegedly so that's the narrative that we're trying to run with and the reason why i opened up the show with that as opposed to the border statistics is because i want you guys to understand where this is all leading to now i titled the show tonight we the people are under attack because we absolutely are whether it is our borderless country right i believe it was ronald reagan who said that a nation without borders is no nation at all that's us right now, whether it's the lack of security at our border, whether it's criminals running rampant in blue cities, whether it is strategically placed district attorneys funded by George Soros that are continuing to allow criminals to run rampant on these streets. The American people are being targeted in more ways than one. Our constitutional rights are under attack. Our First Amendment is basically a liability at this point. Our Second Amendment coming under attack every single day. You have the justice system actively working, right, at a local and federal level to keep violent terrorists on the street, domestic terrorists, by the way, while simultaneously 
targeting the American citizens who simply want to express their constitutional rights. Now, what I wanted to bring up was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calling Tucker Carlson a stochastic terrorist. Now, she made these comments, uh, I believe, about a month ago. And she was trying to say, oh, well, it's Tucker Carlson. Oh, I'm sorry. She made these back in November of 2022, but she has continued to bring up this commentary that Tucker Carlson is a stochastic terrorist. Now, the reason that uh, this is important is because let's look at the definition of stochastic terrorism and also understand what the left wing is trying to do in blaming the right wing for the shooting, the mass shooting that took place in Texas. So the definition of stochastic terrorism is a noun, meaning the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act, which is statistically probable, but whose specifics cannot be predicted. So basically, what the left wing is going to try to do with this mass shooting narrative is say that us on the right are stochastic terrorists, that we incited this man to violence, and that's why we need to be censored and silenced. And yes, you guessed it, we are the same people that are actively talking about what's happening at the border, that are actively talking about why it's important for us not to give up our Second Amendment rights, why it's important for us to have our freedom of speech. So when AOC com comes forward and calls Tucker Carlson a stochastic terrorist, for expressing his First Amendment right, that is an attack on not only his constitutional rights, but all of our constitutional rights. Let's not forget that for two years, and this is just a personal story, Twitter, which we all have seen the documentation now, was tied to the government and listened to the government on who was and was not allowed to report on the facts. For two years, Twitter silenced my voice. For two years, there were hundreds of conservatives and right-wingers, even people who were centrist, who were just trying to tell the truth about what was going on with COVID, with vaccines, with Black Lives Matter, who were silenced. And then AOC comes forward and says, oh, well, the people who got back on Twitter, they're still stochastic terrorists and they still need to be silenced. So understand the danger of this type of rhetoric, right? When these people on the left try to accuse you of inciting violence via your speech while simultaneously doing the exact same thing, not saying that we're even doing that, by the way, uh, I, I would like to make it very clear because people were trying to they were hitting me up all day like, hey, Sav, you're tied to this in some way, shape or form. They're trying to blame the right wing for this. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not tied to this at all, because if you guys remember when the transgender shooter went and shot up a school full of innocent children, what did I call for? I called for more armed guards to shoot and kill bad guys with guns. And the way that we stop more bad guys from guns from shooting and killing innocent people is by arming more and more citizens. I have never called for the attack or the shooting of innocent people ever. And... It's horrific to me because the left wing continues to do that. Let's look at what happened in 2020, just based on this definition, right? Uh, the public demonization of a person or a group. Uh, that sounds like white men during 2020. Do you remember the George Floyd riots when we had our entire mainstream media demonizing white men and trying to incite violence against this entire country because George Floyd died from a fentanyl overdose? How's that for stochastic terrorism? Remember when Kamala Harris was promoting the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was releasing violent criminals on our streets? Remember when AOC just last week said Jordan Neely, a homeless 
violent criminal was murdered. And then you know what happened this past weekend in New York City? A bunch of domestic terrorists went and shut down the subway system. We'll be getting into that a little bit later. But no, when they do it, it's all fine and dandy. The left can call for violence all day long. But when the right wing simply says, look at the violence that is happening, you should have the right to protect yourselves. We are then somehow demonized as the terrorists and then told that we are inciting people to violence when no, in reality, the government, which is tied to this left-wing organization, the intelligence agencies that are tied to this left-wing organization trying to blame us for this mass shooting, they are the ones that are continuing to incite violence on the American people every single day by allowing criminals to run rampant, by silencing our voices. Never forget what the government did to us during COVID-19. They shut down your businesses. They forced you to wear a face mask. They forced you to take an experimental vaccination. They threatened to take away people's children if they didn't adhere to these ridiculous COVID policies. You had neighbors calling neighbors and that was all incited onto the American people by the government. It is these very same leftist officials that watched this country burn for months during the summer of love in 2020 because they continue to push false narratives. It is these same liberal progressive politicians across this nation who when a criminal goes and loots and riots and burns and destroys and murders they go and they martyr that person and they say you know what well you're the bad guy because that person was just going through a hard time that criminal yeah they were they were looting louis vuitton but it's just because they needed food and you were told that you're the bad person Oh, you're a parent who's upset about the fact that your children are being shown pornographic books in schools? Well, now the DOJ is going to target you. So if anybody is inciting violence on anybody, it is the government inciting violence against the American people every single day by attacking our constitutional rights. It is sitting officials like AOC who continue to attack our first amendments, attack our second amendments, who say, you don't get to protect yourself, but I'm going to have security following me around 24-7 because Tucker Carlson says mean comments to me. But by the way, I'm going to say that Jordan Neely was murdered without lack of, with complete lack of evidence and incite mobs to go and uh, shut down New York City. So if anybody really is a stochastic terrorist, it's the left wing. It's the mainstream media. Look at how many lives they've ruined just over the past couple of years. Look at how many violent mobs have ensued because of the mainstream media, because of leftist politicians, because of the narrative that they push. Let's not forget about Jesse Smollett when you had Kamala Harris, when you had all of these people from all parts of the aisle, right? Mostly on the left wing and again, progressive side who were saying that Jesse Smollett was the victim of a hate crime, that Americans should be so upset about where we're at racially. It is the same mainstream media that continues to push racial divisions in this country and continues to stoke anger and violence. So I didn't mean to go off on such a long rant there. But it is an issue for me as somebody who has battled censorship for two years and got my Twitter account back. And now I have government officials and the government, government tied agencies trying to say, oh, well, it is uh, conservative voices like a Tim Pool or Libs of TikTok or Savannah Hernandez or an Alex Jones or a Tucker Carlson who are responsible for all of the bad things happening in this nation. No, no, it's not the soft on crime DAs that we elected that continually allow these criminals to be back out on the streets instead of being in jail. It's not our fault. It is the right-wingers who are trying to highlight why our country is in such decline. It's their fault. Because 
And again, you can look at Joe Biden's rhetoric, right? He has specifically said time and time again, shifted and twisted that narrative to try to say that it's Republicans who are calling to defund the police, that it's Republicans that don't care about having secure borders. If I remember correctly, the average person has the memory of a goldfish, but you know, Donald Trump's presidency wasn't too long ago. And if I do remember correctly, during Trump's presidency, we didn't have these problems. They weren't running as rampant as they are today. Gas wasn't as expensive. Uh, grocery store shelves were filled with products and with food. We had record high jobs in the United States of America, which Joe Biden is now trying to tout and claim for his own. But lovely for us, community notes on Twitter came in and fact checked him right up. We'll get to that a little bit later. Under a Republican president, we didn't have the issues running as rampant as we do now. Or maybe we did, and they were actually exacerbated because we had a Republican president, because you know what? I, let me play devil's advocate here and play both sides. Remember when we had the entire mainstream media for four years telling us that uh, Donald Trump was a Russian asset, and then you had people in the street that were violently screaming and rioting because Donald Trump was elected president, and then we had the media calling him a Russian propagandist, a uh, basically <laughs> Russian influencer who was here to infiltrate the United States of America. That was another narrative that ran. So the left were very activated to violence during 2020. But if you look at the uh, economy side of things, we were doing very well. So and if you look at the border side of things, here's video from Fox News. This is in Brownsville of Hundreds of illegal immigrants crossing into the Rio Grande Valley sector of Texas. Title 42 set to drop this Thursday, and we are already seeing this. So let's go ahead and make our transition now into the border news from the New York Post. This came out today. Um, the drone footage that you're seeing from Fox News. Um in this area alone, U.S. agents are reportedly seeing 2,000 migrants entering the United States every single day. In the first four days of May, more than 8,000 asylum seekers have already made their way into the U.S. from Mexico along the entire southern border. Officials expect that number to soar to as many as $14,000 a day when, again, Title 42 is lifted. So that was a little bit of that footage there just to show you guys what's happening at the border. And again, none of this should surprise any of you. This happens every single day at the border. Now it's going to get exponentially worse because again, Title 42 was basically allowing Border Patrol to turn away people as much as they could, but our borders have still been overrun for the past two years. From Bill Malusian, he's one of my favorite border reporters with Fox News uh, breaking, Border Patrol reports a staggering 26,382 migrant apprehensions in just a three-day span. That is an average of over 8,700 illegal immigrants per day. That's almost 9,000 people. Bill says this is a highest daily average he's ever seen reported. And again, he has just put this out today. So I am giving you guys all updated statistics over the past month. We've already seen tens of thousands, upwards of 100,000 illegal immigrants on top of the millions that have already been granted access into our country. But this is just from Bill today, from Ali Bradley as well. Let's take a peek at what's going on uh, in the Arizona sector of things. The Yuma sector is currently surpassing 213%. Sources tell me the sector put a new massive processing tent that should help with the influx. 
So again, I'm guessing that 213%, because she doesn't clarify here, is the amount of illegal immigrants that are crossing the border. Uh, Custom and Border Patrol custody is exceeding 25,000, according to sources, possibly the highest they've ever seen. So there's a little example of what's going on in Arizona and sticking in Arizona as well. Uh, Since Wednesday, Custom and Border Patrol officers at the Nogales point of entry has seized five loads of narcotics, totaling approximately almost 800,000 fentanyl pills and 71.4 pounds of meth. Concealment locations included speaker boxes, spare tires throughout vehicles, and two body carriers. So let's not forget that it's not innocent women and children that are coming across the border, but oftentimes military-age men and enough fentanyl to kill the entire population of the United States of America. Let's keep going. Now, uh, those are some of the most up-to-date um statistics for you guys. Sorry, I'm just looking at this over here. I don't have this video for you like I wanted to, but this came out five days ago, okay? This came out a week ago. El Paso has declared a state of emergency because their streets are over overwhelmed and overrun with illegals. Uh, what you're seeing is, I believe, the outside of an NGO, non-governmental organization, potentially a church. I'm not sure of this exact location, but this is essentially what downtown El Paso looks like right now. The streets are absolutely overrun with illegal immigrants. And then um, just want to give you guys an idea here of what Brownsville, Texas looks like, because I just showed you El Paso. The video that's playing on screen is the area along the river in Brownsville where illegal immigrants cross. Now, when the illegals cross the river, they're soaking wet. So they basically discard their clothes and they just leave them there. And so what you're seeing in this video is all of their clothes, all of their trash just strewn about in Texas. And this is what the majority of these illegal crossing areas along the Rio Grande River look like. I've gone there. I've seen it myself. It's disgusting. Piles of trash, piles of clothes. So an idea of what's happening in, again, Arizona, Brownsville, El Paso, declaring the state of emergency in their own city as uh, Title 42 nears its end. And this happened, I believe, May 1st. They declared that state of emergency immediately because they knew that the city is not prepared, that the nation is not prepared for this influx of migrants that is going to be coming. Uh, From the El Paso Times, there are already hundreds of migrants sleeping on sidewalks around Sacred Heart Catholic Church in downtown and overflowing at the Opportunity Center for the homeless in the McGothan area of the South Side. So again, um, the mayor over there saying that they're preparing for what they call the unknown, and that the declaration allows the city to open up temporary shelters. So an idea of what's already happening. Now, I gave you guys some of those updated statistics from today. Let's take a peek at what's been happening just over the past week. From Bill Malusian, again, almost 55,000 Border Patrol apprehensions and 18,600 known gotaways in a single week at the border. These are some of the highest weekly totals I have ever seen, and Title 42 hasn't even dropped yet. Stunning numbers, especially that many gotaways in a single week. And just to give you guys some perspective on how many gotaways that is, here is a picture of the AT&T Center in San Antonio, where the San Antonio Spurs play. Uh, Bill puts this picture up and says, Border Patrol, again, 
uh, reporting the 18,600 plus known Godaways, this population size is equivalent to full capacity of the AT&T center they were able to sneak into the U.S. without capture in a single week. So again, uh, what I want to highlight with this photo is this isn't the number of apprehensions, right? This is the number of Godaways, almost 19,000 people. The entire AT&T arena snuck into this country within the span of one week. One week, okay? And again, this isn't surprising to me. This isn't shocking to me because we already have had millions of people walk into this country, uh, let right in. Remember, they cross the border and they're basically told like, hey, um, here's a date that you need to return, um, you know, so that way we have a point of contact with you, have a fun time in the U.S. You think those illegal immigrants are going to go to their uh, scheduled court date? going to venture to say no. Let's keep going. From the New York Post, 90,000 migrants cross U.S. border in 10 days as panic over Title 42 end sets in. Now, this article is from May 1st. So do you guys just see how those numbers have continued to rise over just one week? Now, these are 90,000 migrants that crossed into the U.S. border. It was over 73,000 of them that were detained, and then 17,000 were illegal gotaways they avoided detection and entered the country as things reach a fever pitch ahead of the end of Title 42 on May 11th. Uh, 22,000 people apprehended at all U.S. borders in the last 72 hours, U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz said on a Monday. He also said another 51,560 migrants were caught at the border in the previous week. Thousands of people handing themselves in daily to agents at the southern border in an attempt to claim asylum and start a new life in the United States of America. And again, just a recap of what Title 42 did. Most were processed and sent back over the border under Title 42. Um, however, that is set to expire. So, um, Border Patrol is no longer going to be able to immediately send citizens back to their country of origins or back to Mexico. They're basically going to be allowed to stay in the United States as they await, um, you know, whatever court date is scheduled for them. So on top of that, okay, on top of the tens of thousands, the millions who have already crossed over, the New York Post was reporting, and this was last month, that up to 40,000 migrants are in Juarez right now waiting for Title 42 to expire. Now, I'm sure that some of the numbers that I just threw out to you guys where you know we saw these tens of thousands of illegals coming across, I'm sure they were a part of this group. However, there are multiple caravans making their way to the U.S. border. They are ready for Title 42 to expire. We have already seen the videos and the multiple times that hordes of illegal immigrants will just surge the border trying to break into the United States. So, the 40,000 number here comes from, an, from a source a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm sure that some of that 40,000 has already crossed over, but don't worry, there are tens of thousands more illegal immigrants to supplement that number as they make their way through Central South America all the way up to the United States border. Now, some of the ways the Biden administration said they want to fix this issue is with the Custom and Border Patrol One app. So this is basically an app that migrants can use to set up dates, right, to meet with immigrations and custom or immigration. Yeah. And customs like Border Patrol, basically. Right. So a lot of migrants have complained that this app doesn't work, that there's so many illegals that it just it's overrun. 
And then on top of that, you also have this story from Fox News, over 99% of migrants who have sought Title 42 exception via CBP-1 app were approved, okay? So again, just to give you guys an idea of some of the methods that the Biden administration is trying to utilize to uh, quell the surge in illegal immigration and to prepare for it, not closing the border, not telling these illegal immigrants to turn around, not telling them that if they come to the U.S., they will be immediately turned away, that if they come into this country illegally, they will be deported. No, they're giving them an app which doesn't work, which has been overrun for months because of the amount of illegal immigrants coming over. And then, by the way, over 75,000 applications have been made through April 25th. And again, 99% of those are found to meet the criteria to be accepted into the United States of America. Let me just read for you a little bit. The Biden administration expanded the use of the CBP-1 app in January to allow for migrants seeking a humanitarian exception to Title 42. It allows migrants to upload information, including a photo, and schedule an appointment at a port of entry to pursue the exception to the order, which is due to end next month. The administration says it is a key part of promoting a safe, orderly, and humane process at the border and discourages illegal immigration between the ports. Uh, but again, 75,000 applications have been carried out or scheduled until April 25th. And then, you know, when new appointments are opened up, they're filled within a matter of minutes. And uh, this application process and being approved for that exception, 99% rate at this point. So there's 75,000 extra people who are trying to go through the one app, uh, who are trying to circumvent Title 42 and, uh, you know, say that they're undergoing some type of humanitarian crisis and they need to be allowed entry into the United States. So 99% of those migrants found to have met the criteria with this app getting scrutiny from both the left and the right because it doesn't work well at all. On top of that, we just went over some of the numbers of the amount of people, the hordes of people that are about to surge into the United States of America. OK, we're talking hundreds of thousands. We are talking millions already crossed the border. And what does this inept, incompetent, Competent, just straight up dumb administration do. Biden is going to send 1,500 troops for the Mexico border migrant surge. Yay, guys. So 10,000 people are going to surge the border. It's okay because Biden is sending 1,500 troops to go do paperwork to help with the processing, which by the way, that's what these troops are set to do. They're not going to be at the border. They're there to help with administrative tasks so that U.S. Customs and Border Patrol can focus on field work. This is per Karine G. Pierre. The troops will not be performing law enforcement functions or interacting with immigrants or migrants. This will free up Border Patrol agents to perform their critical law enforcement duties, which consist of allowing illegal immigrants to come into this country. Again, I have gone to the border and I have listened to Border Patrol tell me that they are basically an Uber service for illegals. The illegals are so entitled over there that Border Patrol will feel bad for them and give them water or give them food or and the migrants will be like oh i don't like this food it's not that good or they'll pour the water out in front of border patrol and say give me my ride i heard this i have seen this the entitlement of these migrants is absolutely insane they're coming over in brand new clothes they have brand new cell phones it's a mess and these migrants are oftentimes 
pushed throughout the United States by a lot of these NGO groups that are getting millions of dollars in funding from our federal government. Now, uh, there's a Catholic charity in, I believe this is the Brownsville area, and one of the leaders of this charity is saying that Title 42 is causing an immigration crisis. Um, here's an idea of what's happening to a lot of these NGOs right now. Well, there wasn't a crisis until now, right? I think that 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 Title 42 is causing a crisis because it's uh, it's sending the wrong message, saying, think, letting people think that the border is open and everybody can come. And because of that, we're we're starting to see a crisis. But it's not something before there wasn't. So there you guys go. Uh, she's saying before there wasn't a crisis. Now it's a really big crisis. I don't believe that. I think that it has been a crisis for a long time, but now it's going next level because of the amount of people that are not being deterred from coming into the United States of America. So this issue will only continue to get worse, not only for the migrants down there and the conditions that they will be living in, but for the American people who will continue to pay for their health care, continue to pay for them to live in this country, continue to pay for the unvetted people crossing our border that are committing horrific acts in our country. Now, this story came out last week and the left wing media ran with this narrative and they were absolutely salivating to be able to speak these words, which is just disgusting and goes to show you that they don't actually care about human life at all. OK, so uh, a Texas man, as the media was putting it, was shooting his AR-15 in his front yard. And then his neighbors said, hey, we have a baby. And it's late at night. Please stop shooting your AR-15. And then this quote unquote Texas man goes and kills the whole family. I believe five of them were killed, including an eight-year-old. So the left wing took this narrative and said, a drunk man in Texas is shooting his AR-15 in his front yard. His neighbor asks him to keep it down. So he goes over and shoots them, including an eight-year-old. When do guns start making us safer? And then the truth about who this man is comes out. From the post-millennial, Texas gunman who killed five was an illegal immigrant with cartel tattoos and multiple deportations. It has been revealed that the illegal migrant accused of killing five of his neighbors in Texas had tattoos associated with Mexican cartels, namely the widely worshipped Santa Muerte del Death Cult. So that's who's coming across the border. And of course, the left wing was so excited to run with this narrative that in Texas, we just shoot our neighbors, that we're just blindly shooting um, assault weapons into the air. And if anybody says anything to us, we just shoot them dead. No, that's not Texas man activity. That's uh, illegal cartel member activity. And this is another great example as to why you need your Second Amendment right, because our country is currently being flooded with MS-13 members or just cult members, cartel members, drug traffickers, human traffickers, murderers, rapists. That's who's coming across the border. You know, a lot of people gave Donald Trump so much flack for saying that the people coming across the borders were violent criminals and rapists, but he's not wrong. Here you go. Do you need more examples? Okay, I'll give them to you. Uh, from InfoWars, suspected California serial killer identified as an illegal alien from El Salvador. Let's keep going, guys. Uh, so again, ICE has issued a detainer for Carlos Dominguez, a 21-year-old man arrested for stabbing and killing multiple victims over a five-day span in Davis, California. On April 27th, he stabbed 50-year-old David Bro, who was homeless, on April 29th, Kareem Najim, 20, was stabbed to death. He was a student at UC Davis. On May 1st, a woman named Kimberly Guillory was rushed to a hospital in critical condition after being stabbed. 
On May 3rd, a person of interest was detained as investigators worked to determine if the attacks were related. And then the police department announced that it was illegal immigrant Carlos Dominguez who was a part of these serial stabbings. Again, another example as to why you need your Second Amendment, another example as to why we need border security, another example as to why the left hates you and they want your country completely flooded with these types of people while simultaneously calling for your Second Amendment right to be stripped from you so you can't defend yourself. And this country can continue on its path to implosion. Now, another horrific border story came out yesterday, okay? What is going on in Texas right now is just absolutely horrific. Now, eight illegal immigrants or migrants were killed yesterday, horrifically run over at a bus stop by 34-year-old George Alvarez. So apparently he ran a red light, lost control of his vehicle, and it flipped on its side, and he tried to get away, but he was detained. Eight migrants were killed waiting at this bus stop. Now, apparently he has a very extensive rap sheet, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He is now facing an additional 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and eight counts of manslaughter. His bail was set at $3.6 million, to which I asked the question, who was the district attorney in this area? And why is it that this man, who previously had a very violent rap sheet, was allowed back onto the streets of Texas? His criminal history included two aggravated assaults with a deadly weapon and assault against an elderly or disabled person, four assaults causing bodily harm or injury to a family member, an assault on a public servant, two burglaries of a vehicle, an assault causing bodily injury, criminal mischief, driving while intoxicated, evading arrest, interfering with public duties, obstruction or retaliation, possession of marijuana, resisting arrest, theft of property. Why was this man out on the streets of Texas? Who is responsible for that? And I guarantee you that if his bail was set at $3.6 million for just this very sordid history alone, he would not have been out on the streets and able to kill these eight migrants so brutally. Uh, I saw this video circulating yesterday, and it was absolutely horrific. One of the worst things that I have ever seen. So uh, prayers to all of the people involved. They were all Venezuelan migrants. And so... Uh, the United States embassy is working with the Venezuelan or United States officials are working with the Venezuelan embassy to try to get in contact with the families. And then the Venezuelan embassy is asking to see if this was a hate crime or if this was related to xenophobia or racism. That's an update on this story. Um, But the video was circulating on Twitter and it was absolutely horrific. You know, people with their bones exposed, with their heads just completely bashed open. Horrific scene in Texas. And again, where is the law and order in this country? Why is it that criminals like this man have been allowed to get out of jail and continue to commit more and more crimes that are affecting people in this country? It's absolutely horrific. Now, one of the governors who actually cares about fortifying his state, because to be quite honest with you, Governor Greg Abbott is too weak to run the state of Texas. If you're going to be the governor of a border state, you have to have a spine. And uh, I don't see much of that from Greg Abbott. Ron DeSantis of Florida has done an incredible job of fortifying his state. And apparently you can now be charged with a felony for human trafficking if you drive an illegal alien into the state and they can no longer uh, utilize a license from another state. Because keep in mind, areas like New York will give illegal immigrants these IDs 
driver's license that these illegals then use to go and get a job. So Ron DeSantis uh, announced this legislation and he basically said, again, if you are transporting illegal immigrants into the state of Florida, you will potentially be charged with a felony for human trafficking, which holds a five-year prison sentence or a $5,000 fine, five years of probation. So Ron DeSantis cracking down very hard. On top of that, he's also going to be uh, forcing companies to use, what is it called? Um, I think DC Drano actually wrote about it. It's called the e-verify system to check the status of new employees. So Ron DeSantis basically saying, if you are an illegal immigrant, uh, you are not going to be hired by businesses here. Not going to happen. You are going to be required as a business uh, to make sure to use this federal system to ensure that the person that you're hiring is not an illegal immigrant. On top of that, um, DeSantis also mandating hospitals to ask patients about their legal status. This is Bill SB 1718. Um, so eyes on Florida, they're doing a great job of uh, making sure that illegal immigrants know that they are not going to be welcome in Florida. And one of the reasonings behind this is that uh, DeSantis stated that it was, I think, over like $200 million. OK, here it is. $340 million paid for by majority of the taxpayers. Right. They were on the hook for more than two thirds of this cost. That's how much it cost. For the 2021 to 2022 fiscal year health care for illegal aliens, $340 million, two thirds of that paid for by the Florida taxpayer. So Ron DeSantis saying, you know what? No, enough is enough. We're not allowing that in our state. So good job to uh, Ron DeSantis on that one. Now, what Greg Abbott has been doing is he has continued to bust illegal immigrants further into this country into sanctuary cities into Democrat strongholds. And remember that Eric Adams was at, at the forefront of saying, if you're an illegal immigrant, we are going to welcome you in with open arms. We are a sanctuary city. We always will be. And now Eric Adams is trying to say that uh, Greg Abbott is targeting cities run by black mayors because he is continuing to bust illegal immigrants to the very cities who said that they would declare sanctuary for illegal immigrants. New York City Mayor Eric Adams accused Greg Abbott on Monday of once again deciding to play politics with people's lives by sending asylum seekers to major cities with black mayors. So these comments come after uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot also asked Abbott to stop sending migrants on buses because they don't have any more shelters or space or anything like that. They're not prepared for the surge of illegal immigrants. Guess what? That's every single day in Arizona and Texas. Now, Apparently, uh, Adams has doubled down on this claim, saying that Greg Abbott is targeting black mayors. Um, but Adams saying, I, I never accused Greg Abbott of racism. I just said that he was targeting cities with black mayors. It's like, come on, dude, you're such an idiot. And you did this to yourself. There you go. Congratulations. You want to aid and abet in the destruction of the United States of America. Then the illegal immigrants are going to get a uh, front row ticket to your door. Again, I don't agree with this policy of busing illegal immigrants further into our country. But if that's what Greg Abbott has decided to do, then so be it. If it were me, I would say, hey, Greg Abbott, why don't you actually um, fortify our state? And tell the, the federal government to go F themselves because they clearly don't care about the safety of the American people that they purport to protect. So um, 
I'm going to step up as governor and protect our border. But no, we can't expect that from Greg Abbott. And I know a lot of people in the comments are going to be like, it's not that cut and dry, Sav. It's a lot more difficult, really, because when uh, Carrie Lake was running for governor, she seemed to have some very clear cut and dry explanations and proposals and solutions to how she would secure the border in Arizona. Now, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of this show with the stochastic terrorism nonsense, one of the reasons why the right wing has to be silenced is because we're talking about issues like this, right? We're showing you the real statistics about who is coming across our border, the amount of numbers of people coming across our border, because the Biden administration will continue to downplay this all day long. We continue to highlight that it is progressive policies, it is progressive politicians, it is Democrat-run cities that have the highest crime rates that continue to allow criminals to run rampant, that do not put them in jail. They are not the party of law and order. They don't care about your safety. All they care about is stripping you of your First Amendment, Second Amendment. Just take the whole Constitution and throw it in the trash, basically. They don't want you to have rights or freedoms, to be quite honest with you. They've made that very clear. And it is the right wing that has been the only protection against that, right? It is the average American citizen who goes on their Twitter account and says, hey, why is Biden saying that uh, gas prices are lowering and that Americans are feeling financially stable? I don't feel that way at all. It's the very Americans who are saying, hey, why is it that illegal immigrants are running rampant on my ranch and on my land? I feel very unsafe. It's the American citizens who point and shoot the reality of what happened with the Jordan and Neely situation and then put it on Twitter so that other Americans can get the truth since our government and the mainstream media continues to lie to us. Now, the Jordan Neely situation. This happened last week. I, I didn't do a show because I was traveling. So again, quick recap. You guys are all familiar with the story. But if you're not, this was a homeless, violent criminal who had been arrested 42 times previously that was on a subway in New York that was threatening violence, making everybody feel uncomfortable and threatening to hurt, hurt and harm people. So a former Marine veteran stepped up, put this guy in a chokehold to detain him. Two other people helped out, one of which was another black man, not that race matters to me, but of course the left wing tried to come in and make this a racially motivated white man kills innocent black man-esque story. And he had AOC coming forward and saying that Jordan Neely was murdered. Without evidence, just came forward and said that Jordan Neely was murdered. Let me see if I have the video of this. <laughs> We'll get back to that in a moment. That was a little bit um, early. Sorry about that, guys. But basically, you guys all saw the video of Jordan Neely. You have this white Marine who has his arm around his neck, and it looks like Jordan Neely's passing out, and everyone was up in arms saying that this was just a poor man experiencing homelessness, that the city failed him. That he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. This is one of my favorite things that came out of this from CNN. Uh, before Jordan Neely was killed on a New York City subway car this week, he was known for his swift Michael Jackson dance moves that entertained many. Yet he struggled with the trauma his mother's murder had left him with at an early age. So again, uh, CNN, a lot of these progressives like AOC trying to come forward and paint this man as the victim. But then, of course, because we have our freedom of speech in this country, because we have Twitter and we're allowed to actually tell the truth on this platform now, uh, people like Viva Fry can go on Twitter and say, hmm. Do you think that Neely's three unprovoked assaults on women in the subway between 2019 and 2021 will leave trauma on those women? 
Do you think that his 42 prior arrests and violent criminal past had anything to do with why he was detained on the subway? Because we have people like uh, Andy No who go and do a little bit of investigative journalism and find posts on Reddit or just, you know, the uh, eyewitness testimony of people who are actually watching this incident unfold. We know a little bit of who this person was. Now, apparently, uh, Jordan Neely went viral due to, again, that video that came out. And more and more New Yorkers began to speak out about their experience with Neely, who Andy No deems a dangerous man. One person says Neely tried to push them onto the train tracks at the Broadway Lafayette station. Neely had an arrest warrant for the assault of a 67-year-old woman at the time of his death and has a long arrest history. But of course, this is who the left-wing martyrs. And you even had Eric Adams come out and uh, condemn AOC for saying that Jordan Neely was murdered on a New York City subway before allowing his district attorney, Alvin Bragg, um, you know, before allowing him to investigate, which, by the way, yeah, Alvin Bragg, he's so busy with his ridiculous Trump indictments. Do you think that he's actually going to have time or care about investigating this? Well, he will now because it's a national story and uh, we'll see how he's able to twist this. But I don't think he'll be able to, because, again, like I was just showing you guys, a new video has surfaced. <laughs> Right here. Uh, his name was Daniel P. Letting go of Jordan Andy before he died. And attempting to put him in. The video also led to grieving I like truth like this. The media and these progressive politicians would continue to run with this racially charged narrative that Jordan Neely was a victimized homeless man who was just brutally murdered because he wanted food. Because that's the narrative that they tried to run with. Even Vivek Vivek Ramaswamy, he is a current uh, presidential candidate, actually one of my favorites. I kind of feel like he mirrors Tulsi Gabbard, you know, during 2020. We all liked her. We thought like, okay, she has a good head on her shoulders, especially for the Democratic Party. She's saying some things that we can get behind, but we all knew she wasn't going to go anywhere, that she wasn't really going to be able to get that nomination from her party to run for president. I feel the exact same way about Vivek. I believe he's running as a Republican. Um, but he says the moral of the Jordan Neely story isn't complicated. He was a habitual offender who should have been behind bars or in a mental institution, not free to terrorize New Yorkers. If local police had been allowed to do their jobs, that man would still be alive today and in custody. So there's a cut and dry example of exactly what would have happened in this situation if, again, Jordan Neely was put into a menstrual, mental institution because he clearly needed it. He wouldn't be dead. He would be in custody. 42 prior arrests. He kidnapped a seven-year-old girl as well. That's also a part of his um, sordid criminal past. So let's just paint a picture for who this man was for you. But of course, AOC wants to martyr this type of person. Just like we martyred George Floyd, the fentanyl addict who died in 2020. Now, because of AOC's rhetoric, people were protesting for Jordan Neely. And here is an example of what New York looked like this past weekend. So for my podcast listeners, you have protesters who jumped onto the subway track 
in New York City, and stop the subway, and cut it down. Many of them were arrested because they stood on the train track preventing the trains, the subways from moving. Chanting no justice, no peace. Do you think that these people care about the justice or the peace for the people on the subway who were being violently threatened by Neely that day? Do you think they care about the justice for the people he attacked previously? No, they don't. I'm just so disgusted by this. I'm so disgusted by this type of behavior. And it is politicians like AOC, stochastic terrorists, if you will, who incited this. So if you want to talk about stochastic terrorism, AOC, you are the one that incited BLM to loot and riot and murder people in this country. You are the one that incited people to go shut down the subways in New York City. You are the one that continues to martyr violent criminals. You are the one that ensures that criminals are allowed to run rampant on these streets while we cannot defend or protect themselves ourselves so if anyone truly is and i won't even say stochastic i'll just say a straight up domestic terrorist in this country it's you aoc so shame on you and you can take your stochastic terrorist rhetoric and shove it up your ass to be quite honest with you i'm so tired of aoc she's pathetic she's ridiculous she doesn't walk the streets of her own damn city and if she did she would think very differently but no she's high and mighty up in her castle getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year to repeat her progressive leftist talking points not even progressives like aoc at this point because they see how fake she is so typically i don't have you know, anger targeted at specific politicians. It's just kind of like the government as a whole. But to AOC specifically, who has continued to call the right wing, who actually cares about this country and wants to highlight what's going on here, stochastic terrorists, shame on you. You want this country to die. You don't care about the American citizens. You don't even care about your own constituents. Because if you did, you would actually advocate for just the tiniest, tiniest semblance of law and order. But you don't care. So... Daniel Penny was the Marine that was brave enough to stand up and see this psycho, this psycho violent, crazed homeless man threatening people. He was the brave man who stood up and said, no, not today. I'm not going to stand by as people in New York get attacked. And somebody made this tweet, which says, you're supposed to just lay down and take it. Anyone who doesn't will be punished severely. And it's Daniel Penny. It's Kyle Rittenhouse. It's the McCloskeys from St. Louis. And it is uh, Daniel Perry, who was, again, arrested for defending himself after a violent mob of Antifa here in Texas surrounded his vehicle and, and a guy pointed an AK-47 at his face and shot at him first. So, yeah, let's go over these stories. Uh, Daniel Penny they just want you to, to, to watch as a violent man threatens violence and attacks against innocent people on a New York subway. If you step in, a mob is going to protest you. Kyle Rittenhouse, oh, you see that your community is getting burned down and looted by BLM activists who aren't even from your city and you want to go protect it? The entire judicial system will be used against you. Oh, you're the McCloskeys and you don't like violent BLM mobs rummaging through your neighborhood and striking fear into people. So you go out onto your own damn property and wield your weapon to, to let them know that if they F around, they're going to find out you are going to be the one that is told you are the bad guy. Daniel Perry, again, surrounded by a mob of violent rioters. And then he's the one that's told he is the murderous violent criminal. Our country is so backwards. And it is because again, we are not allowed to tell the truth. The, 
conservative right wing, not even conservative, just anybody with common sense is silenced because we are living through a very much an information and a propaganda war. We are living through the controlled collapse. And if you guys want to look at this from a bigger picture, like this is the continued ushering in of that one world government, right? The reason why lawlessness and chaos is allowed to prosper and ensue in this country is so that we all are so scared to the point where we willingly give up our rights and freedoms to the government to protect us. The same government that is allowing this violence to prosper. When again, if we just enacted the most basic of laws, our country would look vastly different. Look at El Salvador as the perfect example for this. Bukele came in and he said, oh, you're part of MS-13, you want to violently kill people? You go to jail. Homicide rate plummeted. El Salvador was one of the most violent and dangerous countries in the world. Homicide rate virtually non-existent because he enacted the law. But again, in the United States of America, if you want to look at the reality of why we are being so overrun with crime, homelessness, homelessness, uh, violence, open borders, it is because of this ushering in of the government. They want you to be afraid. They want you to give up your rights and freedoms. Remember what they did with COVID. They were like, oh, well, this virus is super scary. You better listen to everything that we say or you might die or you might kill somebody else. And that's the same exact rhetoric that they say with the violent criminals running the streets. You better give us your guns because if you don't, more violent, crazy criminals are going to go shoot people up. But last time I checked, violent criminals didn't follow the law. Last time I checked, it was the same government that was allowing these violent criminals to continue to run on uh, run rampant on the streets. The last time I checked, it was the same government that pushes the same, uh, you know, big pharmaceutical medications that are driving people to insanity and to commit a lot of violent terroristic acts. Just, you know, trying to like put some pieces together here. So it's really funny to me when government funded news organizations want to blame the right wing who is actually calling all of this out and calling out who is really responsible for the violent behavior on the streets of America. It's funny when they try to blame it on us because we actually care enough about our fellow citizens to tell people what's going on. Now, over the past weekend, uh, Elon Musk commented on this meme where it shows FBI statistics of interracial violent crime incidents in 2018. And the camera on the meme is focused in on, again, the white on black violent crimes with almost 60,000 white on black crimes, right? It's just horrible. It's very racist country, essentially KKK and Nazi members just running these streets in the United States. Oh, 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 yeah, let's just ignore the black on white uh, violent crime incidents, which total almost 550,000, or the black on Hispanic, which total almost 113,000, or the white on Hispanic, 207,000 Hispanic on white, over 365,000. If we look at the realities of uh, the demographics that are uh, perpetuating the majority of crime in this country versus what the media actually looks at, which is what this meme is highlighting, America would be painted in a very different light, right? In a very different picture. The narrative that the majority of Americans are believing that we live in this very inherently racist country where Black people fear for their lives, if we, we showed them actual statistics, maybe that narrative would be dispelled, right? It'd be a lot more difficult for people to go along with that if they were actually shown the truth, which is why we're not. Now, Elon Musk comments on this meme and then the left wing accusing him of racism. That's right, guys, because statistics are racist. And that is your average journalist in the United States of America. They don't care about facts. They don't care about 
telling you the truth about this country becoming a better place. They care about actively destroying your rights, your freedoms, your access to real information and the truth. But luckily for us, like I said, we have new Twitter, which has community notes. Now, Joe Biden put up this graphic just three days ago where he was like, this is what happens when you invest in America. And uh, his intern basically just made this graphic where he has the most jobs created out of any president in the entire United States. And then Trump is actually in the negative because um, he took jobs away from Americans, right? He sent jobs overseas. He shut down pipelines that were employing tens of thousands of Americans. Oh, that was Joe Biden. My bad. Uh, but anyway, see, this graph shows that Joe Biden is the number one creator of jobs. But then lucky for us, we had a Twitter community notes come in that says the record job creation under Biden is due to COVID-19 recovery rather than any effort by the current president. Jobs are being created at a steady rate between 2010 and 2020 under Obama and Trump, followed by a sharp drop due to COVID-19, which happened under Trump. So completely debunking their fake graph there. And it's just absolutely uh, beautiful to see because we all know that this administration is uh, just completely incompetent. They don't care about making this country better. They're actually a part of the controlled demolition of the United States. And it's really nice to have a platform that not only actively works to dispel the propaganda coming out of this administration, but also allows independent journalists like myself, who were previously silenced, to go on the streets of America, to go to the border and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is my analysis on everything that I've seen. So again, I think we're headed in a positive direction uh, via Twitter, but we do still need to be very aware of where we're at as a country. Wanted to bring this story up as well from the New York Post. Ex-Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio found guilty of January 6th sedition plot. Now, I believe it was a total of, I can't remember exactly how many, but the Proud Boys, many of them uh, basically found guilty of seditious conspiracy which carries a prison sentence of up to 20 years. Now, Vice News posted a piece after talking to one of the jurors, asking them how they came to that conclusion. And this is what the juror had to say. It was all chatter. It was all in the chats. And the question was, what evidence convinced you that the Proud Boys had entered into a seditious conspiracy? And the juror said it was all chatter, all chats, parlor, telegram, those telegram messages back and forth, not just the chats, but also private texts. I think that was what it boiled down to, what they had to say prior to January 6th and the fact that they wanted to do so much in secret. And that's why the government couldn't present too much of the evidence that had already been deleted because it was unrecoverable. So they didn't they didn't, they definitely didn't want people to know. Sorry, that's written weird. They didn't want everybody to know the plan, the Proud Boys, because then I guess it would have gotten out and they didn't want it to get out. So what this juror is admitting is that the government didn't present evidence because it was quote unquote deleted, that the jury came to the conclusion that the Proud Boys were guilty of seditious conspiracy because of what they were potentially plotting that got deleted. So welcome to the judicial system in the United States of America. If you go up against the government, you, they don't even need evidence at this point to put you away for 20 years because the jurors are all left-wing activists who are going to say, oh, Proud Boys, the media told me that you're basically a neo-Nazi fascist group that um, were 
a part of January 6th, which was equatable to Pearl Harbor and worse than 9-11. I don't even need to hear or see any evidence. I know that you're guilty. And that's essentially what this vice piece exposed. That, again, the DOJ, they had nothing but text messages that this juror said, oh, yeah, well, uh, a lot of the uh, evidence was like deleted. So we just like assumed that they were talking about this, but it got deleted. So the jury didn't even see any evidence. They just assumed that they're guilty and there you guys go. So there is an example of where your justice system is at in the United States of America. Um, prayers to these members who are going to be facing upwards of decades in prison because this is ridiculous. It really is. It's like, okay, if we're going to hold the Proud Boys to this standard, let's hold the BLM rioters who actively planned to um, firebomb the Portland courthouse to the same standard. Or maybe the transurrectionists, since, again, this was a violent insurrection, uh, how many states have been overrun by violent trans activists over just the past couple months? Should we hold them up to the same standards? Should we go through their text messages? Or better yet, let's get an all-conservative jury let them know that they're a trans person and then have the jury come forward and say, oh, we didn't even need any evidence. We thought that they deleted the evidence. So we just went ahead and said they were guilty. It's an absolute joke. Uh, by the way, uh, apparently there was a drone strike over the Kremlin in Russia and uh, Moscow is saying that the United States is behind this Ukrainian attack on the Kremlin. The White House has since denied these allegations. Attempts to disown this attack on the Kremlin, both in Kiev and in Washington, are, of course, absolutely ridiculous. We know very well that decisions about such actions, about such terrorist attacks, are made not in Kiev, but in Washington, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov told reporters. White House National Security spokesman John Kirby said Peskov was just lying and said the United States neither encouraged nor enabled the Ukraine to strike outside its borders. He added it was still unclear what happened at the Kremlin. <sighs> We don't know what happened at the Kremlin. Yeah, the United States has been sending uh, billions of dollars in funding and military aid, but we don't know what happened at the Kremlin. Yeah, the United States has been demonizing Russia and has been not calling for peace talks or calling to an end to this proxy war, but instead funding it so that we can profit off of it. We have no idea what happened there. That's just crazy. Uh, I was reading a couple other headlines as well that basically said that Russia is considering a nuclear response. So just giving you guys an idea that while we're all distracted by the border, which has been overrun for a minute, Russia, the tensions over there are rising because we continue to fund this proxy war because Ukraine is just out of hand. Nobody's calling for peace talks. Uh, the Kremlin now getting attacked and Russia getting really tired of it. But um, what is what are we focused on here in the United States? Again, uh, the border, our own decline, because we are not smart enough, we are not capable enough to merely enact the laws in this country. It's like the most basic and common sense thing you can do. And it's so difficult for us because we are just so dumb in this country because we are run by progressive leftists who are enabling and cheering on the destruction of this country. That's what we're all focused in on. And we're all focused in on um, Hunter Biden potentially being charged for tax fraud and other crimes. Uh, the White House bans the New York Post from Biden event as a Hunter indictment looms. So uh, Hunter Biden, 
a lot of corrupt business dealings, a lot of things that he could be indicted for, but they're going to go ahead and slap him with a uh, tax fraud or other crimes charge and then call it a day and say, hey, you know what? Uh, we, we held Hunter Biden up to the full extent of the law. Yeah, let's not look into his uh, art, his ugly ass art that is bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars from people tied to foreign governments. You know, Hunter Biden, the president's son. Let's not look into Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine. Um, you know, on the board of a gas company that he had no experience getting that position for outside of being, uh, you know, the vice president's son at the time and now the current president's son. Let's not look into that at all. Let's not look into the Biden family's ties to China. Let's not look at any of that. Let's just completely ignore the Hunter Biden laptop and go ahead and hit him with some tax fraud charges. Well, guys, that's all I got for you on this episode of Rapid Fire. I appreciate you guys being patient with me as I cultivated this episode, as I traveled around the country. I was with Billboard Christian Portland last week. He was at Portland State University holding a sign that simply said children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And of course, he was violently attacked by the inclusive and loving left wing. I will be at the border all week this week. So make sure to follow my Twitter account for all of the updated and breaking news. I will try to post to Instagram as well. To be quite honest with you, I never liked Instagram. And now that I have my Twitter back, I don't use Instagram as much and I probably should. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. I can't express enough to you how grateful I am to each and every single one of you. Uh, I want this show to continue to evolve to where we eventually take phone calls because I want to start hearing about what you guys are experiencing on the streets of America, what your take is on things. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please remember, you can go to my website, savsaysofficial.com for all of my articles, all of my reporting. Uh, a lot of research is on that website as well. Please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, it helps us grow in the charts go check out my subscribe star if you would like to uh, financially support the show or simply leave a like or click the subscribe button down below if you're not subscribed to my channel thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of rapid fire i am eternally grateful to each and every one of you and i will see you guys next time